Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Real Estate Roundup, a part of the Beyond Real Estate podcast. With me, as always, is Jalen McKenna, hanging out from Denver, Colorado. And I am squatted here comfortably in comfy Southern California, enjoying the beautiful weather. What would it take, though, for our housing market to drop 10 to 12%? What would it take for that to happen? Today, we're going to be digging into employment and what factor does that have when it comes to home prices. We're going to jump into the supply because ultimately it comes back to a simple supply and demand. And we're also going to talk about these price reductions. Does a price reduction mean home value loss? You won't want to miss it. So tune in. Welcome to Beyond Real Estate with Jalik, the podcast discussing parenting, real estate, and business. Every week we go in depth on how to become successful in life and business. Nick, take it away. Hey, everybody. So thank you for joining us. Like I alluded to, we want to talk about these home prices and what would it take for them to drop, I don't know, say double digits. 10, and we'll be on the lighter end of that of 10 to 12%. What would it take in order for that to happen? So wanted to first dive into the employment side of it. Right now, we are at record low unemployment, which virtually everybody would say that's a pretty healthy place to be when it comes to the economy and when it comes to housing. And not to say that employment has a direct reflection or di directly affects home prices, but it definitely impacts them for the fact that if you're employed, you have a job. <laughs> and if you have a job, it's helping you fund that mortgage payment. And if unemployment comes starts rising, ultimately that means less people are working, which potentially can affect the housing market, again, more indirectly than directly. Nonetheless, what would it take for home prices to drop 10 to 12% pertaining to the employment world? A significant increase in job loss. That's just a fact. In order for us to see double digit home price deterioration, price drops, however you wanna word it, it would take significant unemployment to poke its head up and really stay here for months at a time and not for one or two months at a time. And we would definitely need to see that trend. So Jalen, any more that you would, any more to add to that first initial point that we wanted to talk about? Yeah, I think when people are always in, when people are inquiring about when do we see a crash? What exactly does that look like? What is gonna be the factors that are going to result in something like a 10 to 12% reduction in home prices. Goodness gracious. First, no one wants that. It may be if you're like, I want to buy right now and I do want that. That's a very short-sighted view because it probably means you don't have a job and can't get a house at the moment anyway. So yeah, I think you hit it right on the, hit the nail on the head there when thinking about what it would actually take in order to see that negative of a response in the housing market you are seeing things start to collapse. So large companies are having to go file for bankruptcy and lay off a large amount of people, large amount, or I guess on this point too, you could see it at a local level. Say if there was a large employer in your area now shutting down for one reason or another and having those mass layoffs. So even if it's not nationwide, you can still see those heavy reductions in home prices occur in a smaller area if something like that were to happen. I think if you're looking for indicators for why it would drop like that, if you're saying for if we're looking at purely the from a job standpoint, mass layoffs and a tumbling economy is going to be whether that's local or national is going to be the largest indicator of hey, home prices are going to go down finally. 
but what's the next thing that people should be on the lookout for in order to see a sizable drop in home prices, Nick? I actually want to piggyback on our native nope. Nancy's out there and add this one to, <laughs> to the list because I think it's a very interesting reality. So Ivy Zellman is the CEO of Zellman & Associates. She's one of the, you could say, experts in the field of housing and real estate. That's a strong name too. Zell <laughs> she came out saying she predicts that we're going to lose 8.8% in housing prices between 22 and 24. Mind you, Man. she's also the only expert currently in that space coming out publicly saying, hey, I think we're going to actually see depreciation in this in this housing market. Put that in context for people. That would mean we would lose in around almost 13% of the appreciation that we gained from the massive amount of appreciation we gained in during the pandemic years. So again, to put more context behind that, we gained about 43% appreciation. So even if she's right and we lose about 13%, we've still gained 30%. So yeah. for you... Debbie Downers out there say, oh, housing's gonna go down. For those that have owned a house, specifically for these last three years, it's meh. Yeah, it's a chunk, but <laughs> nobody's upside down is my point. Yeah. Uh, so just another fun fact for everybody that even if we were to go down into her prediction, worst case scenario, 8.8% over two years. Mind you, she's the only one in this field that is predicting that. And also note that she, was, she also called for homes to lose value this year. And they definitely have not done that. On a national scale, they're projected to make in around 11-ish percent appreciation in the year 2022. So context matters, read beyond headlines and look into facts versus just hang on to somebody's opinion. So Jake, let's jump into that second one though, with what would it take, really realistically, not just hypothetically, realistically for home prices to drop 10 to 12%. And that is a massive jump in our supply chain. How do we even get supply though for houses? Number one, you have people that choose to move and sometimes it's by choice and sometimes it's not because maybe someone passes away. Boom, that creates inventory. You have people that get foreclosed on. There's a lot of people out there saying, oh, wait for the foreclosures to hit. <laughs> Again, fun fact for everybody, foreclosures totaled less than 1% of all sales in June, 2022. So for any percentages that you're gonna read here in the next six months to say, Foreclosures are up 500% or even 1,000%. <laughs> we have seen less than 1% of all sales in the United States of America come from foreclosures. So of course they're gonna go up because you're, we're virtually bottom. I'll give you specific numbers, we're in around 218,000 people in fear of foreclosure to date. That's using the most relevant numbers out, out there. In the mid 2000s, we were in around 2.8 million. <laughs> you can fact check that one on Google. Back so check it. We're in we are not in a position for foreclosures to inundate with inundate us with supply. Third place that you get supply from is new builds. Builders have yep. pulled back from building and finishing their current projects. Why? Because interest rates have gone up. So they're pausing. They're not gonna overproduce their way out of this scenario anytime soon. No. You don't get supply in outside of those three areas. Please yeah. name it in the comments here. If we magically get supply from somewhere else. That's it. Um, <laughs> the house fairy, Nick. The house fairy <laughs> comes and makes her round every yeah. She's yeah. built like a lumberjack, but she sings beautifully. <laughs> and she just lays down that, uh, that one story colonial that you always wanted. In right. Perfect spot. That's what For 50,000. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For yeah. $50,000 in a bare patch of dirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's our reality. Let's look at where we are in terms of that supply chain. We're coming into the fall months. What tends to happen in the fall? 
people don't make as many moves by choice. Again, you naturally have it through life events that are going to cause people to, but people tend to pull back because work started again, school started. It's just a natural time for, again, buyers to not look as much or as many buyers to look. Yep. So there's another supply scenario when it comes to it, when it comes to the housing industry being cyclical. Jake, what are your thoughts when it comes to supply? Anything to add? The one thing I want to add on there is going to be to the point of builders not building as much. So builders learned their lesson in the late 2000s where they were stuck with a whole bunch of inventory that no one was buying. And in fact, we're seeing it now where people that were under contract and that the builders are worried might pull out because they're still waiting for the house to be built because there were such heavy supply and demand issues for just the building materials necessary to build those new homes during the past few years. We're seeing them now make a lot of concessions or offer to buy yes. down the rates or do those the type of things that a few years ago they didn't really have to do because supply again was just so tight. But now they are worried that if there were a downturn in the market, or if interest rates continued to rise, and so they had some maybe first-time home buyers that were barely able to qualify for that home initially, and now interest rates are rising, so now they have to pay for a con pay as a concession, yeah, yeah, incentivize in order to keep them in or under contract with buying down their interest rate or doing an extra five thousand dollars worth of landscaping for free or whatever they're able to offer. So you're already seeing that. And when you see that, it doesn't mean that builders are going to double down and start building even more. It means they're going to start taking it slower, which is going to, again, push that supply back to, it's going to level out. It's not yep. going to go to where it was the previous few years, but it's also not going to, the supply is not going to grow as quickly as we'd like it to have a nice, healthy housing market, which is having a few months worth of homes or housing demand currently up for sale. Which a couple things that, that I'll piggyback on real quick is one, that's the silver lining of higher interest rates. It's allowing our inventory to grow. It's allowing those yep. homes that are currently on the market to sit <laughs> on the market. That's not good if you're the seller in that <laughs> situation, of course, because yeah. you feel like you missed it. You missed your opportunity, which you did. And we'll actually allude to that point here next, but it just allows us to move and shift potentially in a, a more healthy, sustainable housing market. Because yep. where we were, those of you that participated in it as a buyer, you saw <laughs> mayhem for two years. And now what are you getting? You're getting time to think. Unfortunately, some people are getting priced out as Jalen alluded to. But the second point, the other point I wanted to make here is for those that do qualify, a new build might be a brilliant opportunity that was not an opportunity, again, two years ago. Because of the incentives that these developers are having to create, to make sure they do sell their new inventory. Like that, again, connect with your lender uh, on a local standpoint and see what are your options to finance and what's your threshold to sustain yep. a long-term payment because maybe a new build is absolutely now within your sights. Uh, again, whereas yeah. a year ago, maybe it wasn't. It was just like, no chance. There's no incentive, <laughs> right? And they're just, they keep going up. Now they start to pull back, as Jay said, and they developers need to sell that inventory. Like yes. I don't want to sit on that for months <laughs> and years. No. So like they said, they're going to create incentives to buy down your interest rate. They're going to, they're going to add in pieces that they didn't have to add in as he already said. So let's shift into this third one. And I feel like we really shared 
enough information to say what would the housing market need to do <laughs> to get those price drops. We're not getting those things. But here's another angle that some people I feel like use synonymously, and that is a price reduction for a home for sale means that home lost value. That is not the case. Homes did not lose value. A, there's less buyers on the market right now. So sellers have to adjust accordingly, right? Why are there less buyers on the market? I touched on it earlier being the seasonality of real estate. Many buyers pull out of the market because it's a new year, it's a new school year, it's new. You just hit a reset button really once August rolls around and that's just natural yep. for our society. Second, you have the, of course, the interest rates that have knocked some buyers out of the market. And you have sellers that initially put their home on, on the market maybe in July or August aggressively trying to get a higher dollar. And now they have to make a decision. Do I want to drop my list price down to try to bring on more eyeballs into my place? Or do I want to stay at this price that I haven't gotten any attention at, right? Yep. So a price reduction ultimately this day and age means a home, a home seller is getting less appreciation. They're getting less yeah. of that ideal scenario that they could have got six months ago, but they did not lose value. The way you lose value is if you bought your home five months ago and you're trying to put it up for sale today. That scenario, you could argue, oh yeah, you lost money. But for the yep. person that bought their home in 2005, that's selling it in 2022 and having a price reduction of 40 grand, that is not the amount in which they made over those 17 years. No. It's just not. Yeah, and to your point there, you definitely have to be aware of where the market's at and where it's going. Especially if you're thinking about selling, I'm seeing a lot of the Colorado had a huge influx of people from warmer climates and God forbid they had to shovel their walks a few times and now they're moving back to wherever the heck they came from, which is fine, but at the same time, if you are thinking about selling. I'm currently seeing a lot more of those people that did that. So they bought that house. I saw it for sale a year and a half ago or a year ago, and now I see it for sale again. If you're going to do that, just understand where the market's at and understand that it's not, especially if you bought in the last few years, it's not where the market is not where you bought it at. There's not going to be buying frenzy. There's not going to be countless offers after just a weekend of showings or even before you started showing the house. So that's currently just not where we are at in the real estate market. Understand that before you go into it and understand that you may have to wait a week or two and you have to price your house correctly for the market it's currently at, not what you hope you get or just because the house next to you that you have a thousand more square feet then, or maybe that's too much, but like 500 more square feet then, and you have a finished basement and they didn't, and, but they were getting this price. And why are we not getting anyone biting for that same price? We have such a better house, different housing market. Don't play yourself, okay? Nick, final thoughts on this guy and lead us on out of some this real estate roundup. Yeah, final thoughts would be, don't be a victim of the moment. I think too many people, again, read headlines and say, oh my God, we're doomed. Here's a fun fact for everybody. And that is since 1991, the average, not the outlier, the average US homeowner has seen 290% appreciation. So it is not a bad position or decision to say, should I buy today? Because my question for you is, if that's been our past of the last 30 yeah. years, 290% is what the average homeowner has seen, 290% appreciation. What makes you think the next 30 years will be any different, right? Might we have one or two years here or there that things don't go as well as you hoped? Yeah, we had that. 
But that 290% appreciation, by the way, includes those down years. That doesn't subtract that and negate that. That includes that. So that's accounting for any dips that the housing market overall has. So again, context matters. The bigger picture matters. And lean on professionals in, their, in, in your local space to help you navigate what can feel and really is a very complex environment. So those are my final thoughts. For all our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you gained some insight, some fun little nuggets that you can share around the dinner table, whether it be with family or friends, because facts matter. And I think too often, unfortunately, the news does a very good job of scaring and giving little snippets of things and not much behind it. So hopefully you've got something out of this that you can share a little bit more, have a little bit more context with. And that's how we get better overall is by sharing the information. So until next time, this is this time for Beyond Real Estate. Join us on Friday for Business Bookend, where we talk about personal brands. So guys, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more of Jalen McKenna, Colorado's mortgage dad, and his take on the Colorado real estate market or just mortgages and mortgage news in general, check out the links below. Also, check out the links below for more information on products, books, or references made in this podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share.